Welcome to So Here's the Thing, the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creative educators who are ready to take their business to the next level. Through candid conversations, tactical approaches, and a few unpopular opinions, we're lifting the veil on what it takes to build both a life and a business that you love. I'm your host, Leila Amati, a coach for creatives and founder of the Creative Educator Academy, where I help entrepreneurs step into the role of industry leaders and educators. I'm so glad that you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. Today we have the lovely Brandy Gar. She is amazing. I feel like we've known each other forever, although we literally just met today like face to face. <laughs> But we have so many people in common. Brandy is an educator, an entrepreneur, a small business coach. She's a mom and a wife. And you're in Florida, right? I am. Yes. Orlando. So cool. I'm like so jealous. I'm in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so I'm so excited to have Brandy here to talk about her education journey. She is the host of the Wedding CEO podcast and the Wedding CEO Summit. Is that right? Or is it just the CEO summit? Well, I just refer to it as CEO summit just because it's shorter, but my whole brand is the wedding pro CEO. So yep. Summits, courses, podcast, all the things. Amazing. Yeah. She does all the things you guys, like I looking through her website, I was like, dang, we are very similar because we really like to wear a lot of hats. She's got a mastermind and she does one-on-one work courses and templates, um, and her podcast. So go browse her life. Cause there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, but Brandy, I'm so excited to have you like, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey in general. Like I love hearing all about where people started and how you kind of got to where you're at today. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me this. I'm so excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. I, we've been talking so much before the show. I'm like, we're like best friends now. So this is going to be great. I am a wedding planner in Orlando, Florida, and I have one of the largest wedding planning firms in our area. We do all kinds of weddings and absolutely just love it. And, um, I've never really wanted to do anything else, to be honest, since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to be an event planner and I started as a corporate event planner and then opened my business. Yeah. 15 years ago. And then about two years ago, really just shy of the pandemic. So, Um, I was starting to think I'd been speaking a lot to local groups and I'd always done a lot of mentoring at our local college. We have um, an incredible hospitality school here. And so I'd always done a lot of education kind of just, I don't know, organically. And so I started thinking, you know, I really feel like there's a part of my business that was the hardest for me to learn, which was scaling really once we became established and leads came in very regularly. And, you know, you kind of hit that flow in your business to take it to that scale phase where I started thinking like a CEO and really becoming more of a business owner than a creative. That was a really, really hard time in my business. I felt like there was very little education out there for that stage of business. It was like, if you're brand new to the industry, name your course, there's so many that you could take or, you know, um, educational platforms. And then there just really wasn't anything out there for that middle phase. And it was so difficult for me that I thought, I really feel like this is a need in our industry. And so that's where I started was just really trying to educate established wedding professionals that wanted to scale and create a team and then remove themselves from the day to day. And so that's what I started doing. And I absolutely love it. So that was about two years ago. 
And now, yeah, I feel like we have a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like thinking about how many things that you've built up in two years is kind of crazy. Like, well, the pandemic helped, right? That there wasn't anything else to do in our industry at all. And online education became huge. And actually, I always say the catalyst to my education brand 100% was Clubhouse, which honestly, nobody even really, I don't think knows exists anymore, but there for a while, you know, it was like, I kept hearing about this clubhouse thing, this clubhouse thing. And I kept saying, I am not getting on it. I do not have time. (laughs) And finally my husband convinced me to at least go on and get my username. And so I started listening to a couple of rooms and I was like, I can totally do this. And before you know it, I started hosting a daily room. So every single morning it was called the, the morning show for wedding pros, I think. And what I loved about Clubhouse was it was literally live. Like you couldn't record it. You couldn't, it it just was so organic and you could connect with people right there. So I just, every single morning I would go live on Clubhouse and that's, that was a huge catalyst for my business. So it was great. That's amazing. I actually, I kind of miss Clubhouse. Like, do you, it did. It was a lot. I'm not going to lie. I didn't last on there very long just because it was so much time because everything was was live. Yeah. But it was kind of fun. And you were meeting new people and, you know, it was a very different platform, but I knew it it wouldn't last. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked it. Once everybody got busy. Yeah. I I actually did it for seven months. I went live every weekday for seven months. And honestly, though, it was incredible. I, I think it was a great ride. I probably burned myself out on it, you know, but it was also when it was starting to die off. We quit doing it in July of 2021. And, but I loved it for what it was there for. And I'm a big believer in, you know, get the juice while it's on sale. Like as much as wherever it's hot, you know, learn it. If you can, if you've got the capacity to learn it and go all in, you know, it was a great catalyst for me. And so, yeah, I love that. I kind of feel that way as well. I'm like, I'm always a little hesitant, but like, even with TikTok, I was like, I'm just going to go like, I don't yeah. know. We're going to find out what's going on over there. You know, yeah. there's no point in holding out. <laughs> I mean, that's a thing, you know, like I jumped on reels as soon as they came out. TikTok, I still have a love hate relationship with, but I am on it. And I think with TikTok, I I'm not positive. My audience is there. Like I know they are, but they're not shopping there necessarily. Yeah. So I really am a big believer in TikTok being a place where you get discovered and Instagram being a place where people buy and create the relationship. So that's what I'm going with for now. And so I, you know, we'll see, I may dive a little bit deeper into TikTok soon, but I don't know. Yeah. It's been fun, but I'm definitely, it's not my pri. It's not like my prime place right. for sure, but right. it's a fun place to hang out. <laughs> it is. I, I scroll way too much over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Same. That's for um, sure. That's amazing. Okay. So you have, like we said, you built up all these different ways to work mm-hmm. with you in the past two years, which is pretty rare, but, but I love what you said about you have the time because I feel like something that we talk about in the educator Academy all the time is like, mm-hmm. I'm an established successful creative entrepreneur, like I don't have time to build these things. And it's kind of like, well, if you don't make the time, you won't have the time. The time was made for you in this situation. But like looking back, I mean, would you, I always suggest to people like you're going to have to scale back in order to 
actually have the time to scale. Would you Mm -hmm. agree with that? Yeah. And actually, this is something that I talk to a lot of my mastermind members about too, because, you know, so the, the group of people that are in my mastermind are wedding professionals who are looking to scale. And then we have a very, very tiny accelerator group of people who've like gotten through the scale. And now they're like, okay, Brandy, but now what, like what's next, you know, cause any great entrepreneur can't sit and twiddle their thumbs, right? Like they're not. So that's actually what we talk about a lot is if you, you really can't ask what's next, if you're still in the day-to-day of your business, you know, so learning to become that CEO that can really more become a mentor and a coach to your team. Who's running the day-to-day that gives you the ability to then look for what that next revenue stream is or that next branch of your business and how that can either feed into your current business or not. Like mine does not feed into my current business. You know, I don't speak directly to brides and grooms. So I, it doesn't feed into that business, but it does give our business, um, a lot of notoriety, like our clients love that I am an educator, you know, whether it feeds to that necessarily or not. So yes, the time was made for me, but I mean, the world has reopened and I have a very, very thriving wedding business in Orlando. So it's not like, like I still have to really concentrate on making time. I drop two podcast episodes every single week. Sometimes I'm recording those at midnight because that's just when that week I was able to do it. I firmly believe that you have to really want it. And I also think one of the things that's the hardest about the education space, at least from what I've seen, I think it's a very slow burn. Like it's a slow burn. And I think because you hear all these stories, I don't know if you ever felt this lately, but you hear all these people like, you know, I did a million dollars my first year in business or whatever. And I'm like, okay, like (laughs) I just, I mean, great. That's awesome. And I've had to really talk myself down, you know, because like you're saying, oh, that's so crazy. You've built all this in two years. I feel like why haven't we been able to do more in two years, you know? And so, yeah, so I think it's, it's a, because you don't necessarily recognize, you know, wealth right away, or, or it's not like you've got 10,000 followers in the first month, it can sometimes be defeating. And you're like, but I already know how to do my other business really well. You know, like you are successful over there. So you don't remember what it's like to have to hustle and grind. Um, it's helped me a lot to be able to relate to some of my CEOs that are in that hustle stage of their business, because I'm like, listen, I'm not there with my wedding business anymore, but I am for my coaching business. Like I'm, I have to grassroots, like I have to be in it all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's been a really fun journey. Um, but I do think it, it can be hard if to make the time consistently when you don't see the return right away. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree that I think people set unrealistic expectations, especially in the past couple of years. I know I talk about this a lot on here. So if you're a frequent listener, I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself (laughs) a lot. But when I opened the Educator Academy in 2019, nobody was teaching on how to step into education in the creative industry. In fact, it was pretty notorious for educators and speakers to gatekeep how they got where they were because they wanted to have as many students and clients as they could, Um, which like, I I get it. That's fine. That's like one mindset to have. (laughs) Not really my mindset. That's fine. (laughs) That's a mindset. (laughs) Good for you. Not for me. But so when I, when I had started that it was brand new, but then during the pandemic, when nobody could work, 
then all of a sudden these educators are like, well, I can help you do what I do. I can help. I'm going to become a coach for coaches and uh, I'm going to just like sell you on hopes and dreams. And in right. fact, I've fallen prey to that several times. I've wasted Me like $10,000 twice over yep. on people selling me like sell this evergreen funnel in your sleep. And I'm like, you definitely didn't help me do that. Like, yeah. It's just I, same. Unrealistic same. expectations can really, really hurt the person who is trying to do it right. And who's trying to do it in an ethical way and in a, mm -hmm. you know, actually high value way. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it's important for people to hear about that. Yeah. I mean, also too, I think, you know, I, I, when I very first started, I was like, I have been where they are. So like, I already know what the pain points are, but, but that was just my own experience. Also, I was so in it that maybe I don't necessarily know what all the pain points are, you know? So I loved that it was so organic in the beginning because it was pandemic. I honestly just started coaching for free. Like I started offering one-on-one yeah. to people in my own industry that just needed help, you know, that were like, we're going to go under. And so that was really a lot of fun. And I was starting to learn what everybody over and over was saying. And so that helped a lot when it came time to build the courses. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you can't beat. I would say like, you can't beat the one-on-one -on -one because if it's a pain point of the one, it's a pain point of the many. For and like, sure. You're not going to find that in an Instagram poll. Like you've got to actually no. get into the conversations <laughs> with people. Yeah. And then you know what to even build your courses on because you know what you might think is something people want. I think, I think this has been really, really interesting for me to learn too, is even though you know what they need, they might not want that. And I think that's something that has really been brought to light in the education space for me is you have to sell what they think they want on the front end and then get them to buy what you know they need. Right. Yeah. But what yeah. you know, they need, isn't the sexy thing. Honestly, that's kind of how I became like the Instagram coach for wedding professionals, because I was personally learning it myself. And so, because we'd always outsourced it. And then when the pandemic came, we had to kind of cut back. Right. So I was like, I'm going to learn it myself. And then once I started realizing how simple it could be, I started teaching other people to do it. Well, that became what is sexy. Everyone wants to know how to do Instagram easy. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was like, okay, well, there's the sexy, but Instagram's one very tiny piece of building a successful business. So then once, but once they're in, then I can say, well, do you know your numbers? Are you paying yourself? Do you know how much it costs to run your business all the time? And that's when the wheels start turning and they're like, no, teach me, you know? So I love that. I feel like I always say it's like sneaking in the vegetables, like into the <laughs> mac and cheese, like nobody really wants yes. them, but like, we're just going to sneak them on in there. Like when you get in, we're going to tell you what you need, whether you want it or not. <laughs> that is such a great analogy because that's 100% what you're doing. You're totally sneaking in the vegetables. Yeah. 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 I love we're that. Serving up what you need. We don't care. <laughs> um, okay. I, I always want to know. So, well, we bounced around. I have like a list of questions know, that I'm no sorry. longer makes sense. No, I love it. This is great. Well, I guess just like continuing on this conversation though, like if people are listening to this and they're like, okay, well, I know that I want to either try a new offer because you and I both have like five plus ways yeah. to work with us. Yeah. Um, and that's not always common. Like that's mm -hmm. not always how people function. I don't think there's a right or wrong, but yeah. I do think people see this kind of like large pool of people offering education. And then they feel just in the same way as you would in a service-based business um, or whatever your first business was like, is it, are there already too many people doing what mm. I want to do? Like, 
what would you tell somebody who wants to shift? They want to pivot. They want to start thinking about what's next, but they feel kind of stuck or unsure or like it's all already being done. Yeah. I mean, you know, I definitely feel like it's funny. I felt like that in the education space, but I didn't feel like that in the wedding planning space. And I never even gave it a thought that there were already 15 wedding planners in my market when I came in, you know, it was just like, well, here I am. And I think it really needs to be the same way with education. I will say, I do think you should find a hole that feels aligned with you. I didn't do that. I will say I didn't do that in the beginning. I, the only thing I knew for a fact, for a fact was that I did not want to teach wedding planners how to be wedding planners. Like I knew I did not want to do that. And my husband and I kind of went back and forth about that for a long time because he really wanted me to, he was like, you already have a wedding planning business. Let's just package it up, you know? And I was like, I just don't want to do that. Like, I just think there's too much education already out there for that. And I'm not passionate about it at all, but I was passionate about what I found so hard and what I felt like lacked in the industry, which was that middle stage. So even though I had to create most of that, like I had to create, okay, how did I start to know my numbers? How did I learn Instagram? You know, so I had to go back and create it, but it felt just more aligned to me. And, and there was a hole like there, of course, there are people that are, are teaching it. You know, Ashley Ebert teaches amazing on how to build teams. And, um, there's a handful of people that, that teach it, but I felt like I could come at it from a perspective differently Yeah, that I really wanted, you know, to teach these six pieces of your business that, I really feel like help you to become this coach and mentor of your own business. So that's kind of how, but I think if you are thinking, oh, there's already so many people that do it, I mean, really get into it and think, well, what would be your unique spin on it? You know what? It's same, same thing in a wedding business. It's like, well, there's a hundred photographers in your market, but what makes you different? What's your unique, what is it? USP or something like that. You, UVP. I don't know. Unique value. Yes. Unique value proposition. Here I am. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the acronym is, but how are you? (laughs) I got that one, but like anything else, don't ask me. (laughs) So yeah, I think just really thinking about why would somebody book you? What makes you unique? And for me, I'm a mom of three girls. I already had a wedding business, but also a corporate planning business. I have a team. So people really wanted, my husband works full-time with my business. So all of those things make me unique for somebody who's like, that's what I want. Like, I want that. I want to retire my husband. I want to have a thriving business that doesn't suck my soul. And that, and so that's why people come to me, but you know, there's, there's at least one other person I know in the market that teaches almost exactly the same group of people that I do, but she's never been in the wedding industry. She comes at it from a totally different perspective. She doesn't have kids and her husband doesn't work for, for her, which is 100% amazing, right? Like the same person that would come to me wouldn't come to her. And so I say, just find what makes you unique. What's your story? What do you have to offer? And then go offer it. I love that so much. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think like even the concept of the same person wouldn't come to you that would go to the, you know, your competitor, Mm -hmm. but maybe then they would like, maybe they would go and be like, you know what? I want both perspectives. I feel like I have so much overlap with the people who are my quote unquote competitors and stuff that I say resonates with them Mm -hmm. or vice versa. Like they, they find little takeaways from each. And I think that there's so much to be said for that. As somebody who's like a lifelong learner, I'm always like, give me more people to learn from. Yes. 
That's I true. Think it, it can't do anything but help you. Yeah. I wish everybody felt that way, but I think a lot of people do. <laughs> I think a lot of people do. I also do think like you and I were talking a little bit before the show and you know, there is a stigma with once you've reached a certain level of success in your business, you almost feel like, well, if I go to a conference or if I take this course, people are going to realize I don't know everything. And the interesting thing about that is like, you shouldn't ever think, you know, everything. And at my summit, I hosted my first summit this year and my entire opening keynote was how to become a humble learner again, because all of the people that were in that room have multi-six figure businesses, every single person sitting there. So it's not like they're not successful. They're super successful, but there's a piece missing, keeping them from reaching what they really desire, which is a business that doesn't require their 24 seven constant oversight. And so helping them to understand what it means to be a learner, what it means to go back to the beginning and learn again, you have to become so humble and saying, I don't know everything. And, and even if, you know, cause some people would say to me, well, you know, I feel like none of the topics during this breakout time slot really, I need to go to. And I'm like, but if you went to one and you got one thing that made you really turn your wheels and go, wait a second. I thought I already knew how to do that really well, but that's actually a way better way to do it. You know, what if you got just one nugget from that breakout that helped you really rethink the way you do business? So I think it's important to really go into any education and think what's, what's one thing I can take from this. What's, you know, something that can really make me rethink the way I do business. But if you're already closed off thinking, I already know it all. You're not going to. Oh my gosh. I feel like we are so aligned in this. I was like, (laughs) Okay. First of all, the phrase humble learner is something yeah. that's in my copy, which is crazy no way. that you just said that. Like my brain was like, wait, what? I love what? it. And I actually like, I could not agree more. It drives me insane when yeah. people, and I get it. Listen, I get it. Like, I know that we're confident. I know that we're, we have worked to get to where we are mm-hmm. the collective. We, but <laughs> I always use this example when I'm talking about humble learners. And when I used to teach high school and I directed the dance team, I had one of the most um, incredibly gifted, incredibly talented dancers who actually volunteered to, she took my dance one class. Listen, this girl was like pre-professional at this point. She had no business being in dance one. (laughs) And I talked to her and her mom, um, like at parent teacher conference night or whatever. And I was like, look, she's really advanced. And yeah. they were, and I was like, at this point, she's helping me teach. Like, yeah. is, this, is this okay with you guys? And they literally said to me, there is nothing that she knows that she can't brush up on. Mm. And she's just happy to be there and to be learning and have the opportunity to practice. And I've carried that with me since yeah. and tried to apply it to myself because I'm like, at no point in life should we be above the foundations because our foundation may have been built differently. Yes. A hundred percent. And you, you don't even realize it until it's like, I kind of liken it to like an NPC in a video game, right? Like they just keep hitting the same brick wall over and over and over again. And it's like, you're doing that because maybe there was something in your foundation that you never built up the right way. So you've always kind of muscled through it and gotten it done. But is that what's Mm -hmm. keeping you from this life that you want to build? And, you know, I'm definitely not a coach that will ever tell you that you can work two hours a week drinking Mai Tais on the beach and, you know, make a million dollars. Like I'm never going to teach you that. But I also believe that 
there's a time for hustle and there's a time to enjoy your business. And if your business sucks your soul for very long, like there's gotta be an end to that stage of your business, you know? And otherwise you've just created a really terrible job. You know, like why'd you leave your nine to five for this, you know, after that hustle stage. So I think really understanding how to build your business, like a business so that it doesn't require you. If you dropped off the face of the planet tomorrow, would anyone actually know? And that's, I mean, of course you want people to know you dropped off the face of the planet, but you really want your business to go on business as normal without you. And so how are you doing that? So that's what I'm just really passionate about is helping people understand that. And you, you should always be learning how to do it better. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say like as somebody who continually invests in my education, if I see that person not investing in theirs, I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing Mm -hmm. that. Like, Mm -hmm. and I learned my lesson the hard way with that, with people who are selling, but they're not investing themselves. I'm like, there's a disconnect there. Like practice what you preach. Let's go. Yes. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I would love to know, I guess I have two, I have two questions in one what has been like your biggest challenge in moving into this education space and what has been like your favorite part of coaching or events or your mastermind, whatever it is, like what's been your, the hardest part, the most challenging part and your favorite part. I almost think they're one and the same. Honestly, I, I, I think the hardest thing for me, and I think this probably goes for all coaches, but I, I need to learn not to take it personally, but is when you give somebody all the tools, And they think, they think because like being in your orbit or that they paid for the course is going to change their business. And I'm like, but you're not applying any of the things. Right. And so it's almost like this constant battle with certain individuals. And it, as soon as I see it starting, I'm like, and I, (laughs) I try to coach them through it. Like, but you have to apply it and there's always an excuse. And on the flip side, the thing I love the most is watching people with the exact same tools that have literally, they would, they would tell anyone, my business is a total 180 from where it was a year ago because I've applied these things. And it's not because of me. It's literally because I can see their business from the outside. That's what a good coach does, right? Is like, you have the tough love. You say, these are the things you really need to assess in your business. And then they actually go assess those things. And they actually start to make the changes that you're suggesting, but they have to do the work at the end of the day, you either are a doer or you're not. I mean, that's, that's just it. And so I think it's really challenging for me as an educator, when you have somebody in your space, in your mastermind in your summit, whatever it is that they just, they're just going to always find the excuse instead. And I'm like, listen, I've given the same tools to you that I gave to her and you're getting vastly different results. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to tell you, you know? So I think that's been the hardest thing for me. I feel like anytime I invest in education, I, I carve the time out. I, I set a goal for myself. How long am I giving myself to make this investment back? What do I want to get from it? That's going to accelerate. Like I don't go into even a networking event without a goal, you know? I love that. So I don't understand why people, I honestly don't understand why people pay every single month or for a course or anything that they're just going to let sit in an inbox somewhere. I just yeah, it's kind of painful to watch that happen. Isn't it? Really it? Is. Like, I mean, I've been there, obviously. I think any, anybody who coaches or teaches has been there and yeah. it is, it is literally painful to be like, I don't want your money anymore because you're not, I feel like 
at yeah. this point, what is the point? Like, I, I know. And I, I feel, I think that's a, a battle for me is I'm like, okay, do I tell them like, you shouldn't still be here or do I hope that they're going to get it together? I don't know. So that's been a real challenge for me is especially yeah. with like a monthly mastermind is, you know, I really want every single person in there to feel invested and to do it, you know? And, um, so that's been, that's been hard, but on the flip side, I mean, oh my gosh, the success stories that come out of it and the people that are just like your raving fans. And so I think it's almost the same thing for both. Yeah. It's super rewarding for sure. Um, yeah, it can be, it can be <laughs> right. That's so great. Okay. So we always wrap up every question on this podcast with your unpopular opinion. So I'd love to know, I mean, we've talked about a lot of things today, so you can choose which one you go with, but what's your unpopular opinion on anything that we've talked about? Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> I, I have an unpopular opinion. It probably gets me in trouble with most things, but I, my just biggest unpopular opinion in general, and this is one of the things that I teach on is basically like, if your business does not pay you a livable wage, it's not a business, it's a hobby. Ooh, and I, I get in trouble that. for that a lot. Cause I say that all the time. And I'm like, I mean, that's just tough love is if your business doesn't pay you at some point, you have to realize it's just not a business. So what are you doing to make it one? Um, so that's probably the one I get in trouble for the most, or I don't know if I get in trouble for it, but people are like, well, wow. I'm like, well, I mean, tough love. It's like a little ouch, but it it's like, you just, you, sometimes you have to hear it. <laughs> I mean, right. Like how long, I mean, and I feel bad for, you know, I always say, well, what does your spouse think about that? You know, how you're spending all this time running a business that you've never taken a dollar from. And that's 100% in the beginning. There's a season for that, yeah. but you have to make it start paying yourself. I have, you know, I've spoken to students before her, like I've had my business for five years. You know, I've never been able to take a paycheck. I'm like back up, like, let's take a big giant step back. So, yeah. um, I think that's really tough love, but it's the truth. And it's the unpopular opinion that I stand on. <laughs> I love it. And I think the the most important part about, I mean, the beginning was definitely like the ouch, but then when you followed it up with what are you doing to get there right. is the most important part because it's yeah. like, that's the, I feel like that right there, what a testament to a true coach. It's like, <laughs> I'm, listen, it's a hobby. And then you're like, but yeah, now what are we doing? I'm not saying right. give it up. I'm saying let's move yeah. forward. Yeah. And a lot of it is just because they just don't understand what their numbers are. So it's like, whatever's kind of just left over, you know, they might take out. And I'm like, no, you're an expense of your business. Your business doesn't exist without you. So you're a part of the overhead. You have to be, you know, I'm not telling you how much you have to pay yourself, but you got to pay yourself. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Tell everybody how they can find you. Like how can people connect with you? Yeah. So, well, I, the wedding pro CEO podcast, I'd love for you guys to come over we have guest episodes every Tuesday. And then every Thursday I get behind the mic and share yet another unpopular opinion or just a thought or random, you know, tip on Thursdays. Those are super short episodes. And then if you want to connect with me, I am always on Instagram, drop into my DM, say hi, just even come say that you heard me on the podcast. I'm so excited. So yeah, come say hi. And yeah. Laylee, thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thank you. This was super fun. Honestly, I loved chatting on like on air as much as I love chatting for like the half hour beforehand. Yeah. So what a great, what a great hour. I'm so glad fun. connected. Me too. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so here's the thing podcast.com. 
This show is brought to you by the Creative Educator Academy, where we teach creative entrepreneurs how to teach, because I believe that industries thrive when experts can share their knowledge well. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes or see your rating on Spotify. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.